0: Welcome to the Living Word Podcast. To find out what we're up to, check us out online at dlwc.network. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. What I'm going to do today is I'm going to do the best I can to try to clarify in a very few minutes really what Jesus has accomplished. And I I just want you to, to maybe rejoice in Psalms 107, verse number 20 with me. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. God has redeemed your life. That there's no facet of your life that belongs to the devil. That every part of us, spirit, soul, and body, our relationships, our finances, everything that we've inherited from God, it all belongs today to the heirs of God. And I I want you to also understand that Jesus went to great lengths to make sure that you were aware of everything that he came to purchase for you. And so let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And allow me to say today that defining freedom that Jesus bought for us needs to be absolutely crystal clear for every single one of us. That today is is important. And sometimes it's hard to receive freedom, healing, or whatever it is that you need from the Lord if you don't If you're not sure about the intended impact that Jesus came to have upon your life and mine, what impact did he come to make? Just get us from going to hell to going to heaven? Well, that's certainly a great part of it. How many of you are glad you don't have to go to hell? Half of you. Okay. Some of you didn't fast enough. Many people who grew up as Christians or in Christian tradition today have compromised their values, their morality, or their expectations from God. And I just want you to know, because it's, it's not clear, they've lost confidence in the power of God. And so as a result of losing God's power to change a life, you have to go to accept a life. And just like it is, One one of these days, it'll all be different, but right now, just accept yourself in the sinful, lost, fallen, bound state that you're presently in. And I just want you to know that whole thing is just completely wrong. That a lack of knowledge or religious unbelief can nullify the effects of what Jesus died and rose from the dead for. And now Hebrews chapter number four makes it absolutely clear for us so that each one of us today We don't have to operate in the fog. We can come into the clear. We can absolutely see what God wants to do. In Jesus' name right now, I bind the devil from any effect upon your mind or on your heart because you're about to experience the cloud of God's glory because every time the gospel is preached that the presence of God fills the room to do what's being declared. To do for you what Jesus so sacrificially paid for. And so there's a power in the room today under the declaration of the gospel. But I want you to know today that though the power of God's here, God might be healing and doing miraculous things in the person sitting right next to you and you miss it. Why? Because of what Hebrews 4 says. That the word of God was preached as well as unto them of entering into the rest of God. Let us fear, lest in any of you it seem to come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached unto us as well as unto them. He's talking about the people of God that came out of Egyptian bondage by Moses. Uh, There was a promise of entering into the rest of faith, entering into the rest of God, trusting God. It wasn't that battles would be over. It just simply means God would be the victory for you. They would cross that River Jordan. They would go into the land of promise. But the Bible says they didn't go into the land because they considered the giants bigger than their God. They considered COVID-19 bigger than their healer. They considered the fear of financial distress and worry to be more than the provisions of God. And so it's... Again, Hebrews says, for the gospel was preached unto us as well as it was to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard it. Uh-huh. In other words, in and, and today's message, I'm just going to call it mix faith with it because I'm sure enough going to bring gospel, but you got to mix your faith with it. At some point, you got to say, that's right. That's for me. Oh, boy. And at at some point, for any one of us, I can just tell you during 21 days of fasting and prayer, I can just tell you that there was a whole crew of people here or online across our congregation that were seeking God, praying, and asking for a mighty awakening among us. And so welcome to the awakening. The gospel is the greatest story ever told. Hallelujah. Romans chapter number 1, verse number 16, the apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is, what is? The gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everybody who believes. Hallelujah. You know, we've just come through a series talking about how the word of God got to us. Now it's time to believe what it says. Come on, somebody. Now's the time to receive the good news. Now's the time for all of God's people today to understand the power of the gospel. And I'm just going to give you the before and after picture this morning. And then we're going to pray and God's going to do miracles. Miracles in you. Miracles for those of you online. I'm telling you, God knows right what you're experiencing right now. And today, allow the word of God to produce something on the inside of you of a voice of victory in the name of Jesus. But what you need to understand is that that in the beginning, sin put humanity into a place called the curse. Genesis chapter number 3 and Deuteronomy 28, they announce a couple of things. They announce, first of all, that a curse comes upon the planet, and and Deuteronomy says for those who break God's laws or, or disobey the decrees of God, and somebody said there were 10 commandments. No, there were 613 of them. It said, if you break the law, which all of us have, that you'd come under a curse. And there's about 13 or 14 verses of blessing. And then there's about 60 verses on the curse. And most of them have to do with disease, malady, lack, oppression, captivity. All those different kind of things happen as a result of the curse. And I just want you to understand that when man fell in the sin, that every malady known to humanity came as a result of the fall. And all of that, both cancer and COVID, came at the fall. So Genesis chapter number 3 enunciates what the fall feels like and looks like. Banished from the presence of God. Making a living, plowing the ground out of the sweat of your brow. Deuteronomy 28 again speaks of the curse of the law. But God designed a way to get rid of the guilt and rid of the shame, and rid of the curse. And so it's called the tabernacle. It's about an Old Testament pattern that God would establish in his word, and it would all point to a day in the future when sin would be lifted and the curse would end. And so in the Old Covenant, it all pointed towards a perfect sacrifice. And so for thousands of years, God established that there would be a, a time There would be a a sacrifice that would cover the sins of God's people... It would cover year by year, a sacrifice had to be offered multiple times during the year, but then the sin offering on the day of atonement would come and the high priest would take the blood of a sacrifice animal, an innocent animal for the guilt and the sin of your own life and you would bring it before God and the priest would catch its blood, its life in a basin and take it before God and sprinkle it on the mercy seat so judgment came upon the animal so it could stay off of you. And year after year, God established a tabernacle. There were several pieces of furniture that you'd have to walk through. There was the brazen altar out front when you came into the outer court. There was a brazen altar, and it was about Yehai, and it was made out of beaten brass. And in other words, the first thing you saw was an animal dying in the place of some sin that was created, an innocent dying for the guilty, burning as a sacrifice before God with your face looking right at you in the brazen altar. You could see your own reflection in what had to die. And then walking into the presence of God required a sanctification, a laver, the water of washing. And you would wash in that before you'd go into the presence of God. You'd sanctify your life. And then you'd go into the presence of the Lord where there was a candlestick, illumination, revelation comes in the inner court. Come on, somebody. It's not just about praying a prayer. It's about going into the presence. And then you would walk onto the other side of that inner court and there would be a table of showbread. There you would eat the bread of, of the unleavened bread that was, that was given to you and the priest would consume that bread in the revelation and it, the walls were made out of beaten gold. In other words, it looked like a golden mirror on both sides that multiple dimensions of you were getting free through the word of God and the presence of God. How many of you ever stood between two mirrors facing each other and seen dimension after dimension of what was the reflection that you saw in the mirror? How many of you have seen that? The rest of you need to get out more. But understand that you would see the multidimensional look as that priest would stand before the Word of God. He'd stand before that in in the spirit of revelation, and then he would go to to the altar of incense, and there... Praise and the sweet-smelling savor of, of, of praise would rise, and before you'd go into the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was, and then that veil would be taken away, and so there's another veil to pass through, and you would pass through that veil into the presence of the Lord. There was no candles in there. There was no illumination of man-made light But when the presence of God would come down, the glory of God would fill the holy of holies. And there he'd sprinkle the blood of sacrifice on the mercy seat. And there, there would be this glorious God who would come down and say, finished. It's enough. The sacrifice is good. And the priest would come out the door of the altar and say, this is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad at it because the sin would be pushed aside. But every year they had to come back for the same experience. Year after year, because it was never enough power in the blood of a lamb or the blood of a, of a bull or a goat or any kind of offering that you would bring was enough to make you new, just enough to cover your sin. And so the old covenant pointed towards a system of worship based on tabernacle worship so that you could come in, but your sins would be covered. But it all pointed to a future day. It all pointed to a day When your sin would be removed and you wouldn't just be a sinner just forgiven, you would be a new creature in Christ. That old things would pass away, never to come up again. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter number four, verse number four says, Now I say that an heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is the master of all but as under guardians and steward until the day appointed of the Father. It's saying, the Apostle Paul is saying that the law was a schoolmaster for us. He'll say that, that it's a schoolmaster to bring us to a better day. It taught us what we needed to know for the time, but the time comes when that son goes through an, uh, an adoption. Say adoption. Okay, I'm going to throw a little Greek at you. It's all right. It's huiothesia. Say it. Huiothesia. And it means the placing of a son. It doesn't mean that you had a son the day of their birth. It means that son has come to maturity, and now he's ready to walk in sonship. He's not just a, a child under, under tutors. Today he's walking in the authority of what God made him to be. Huothesia has come, the placing of a son. It's the day of the coronation, of the, of the adoption of sons. It's the day when a child becomes an heir under his daddy. And so the Bible says here that huiothesia takes place. And there's, there's a day when we're under stewards for, for an appointed time for a while, but then children were under the bondage of the elements. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. What's that speak of? Genesis 3. When the curse came on the, on the earth, God said, I'm going to send the seed of the woman, and he's going to bruise the, the devil's head, and he's going to bruise his heel. In other words, the suffering Savior is coming to end the curse that fell on the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Born of a woman, born under the law, that's Deuteronomy 28. In other words, the the curse because of the broken laws of God are going to be removed from your life and no sentence is going to be on your life anymore suddenly the grace of God is going to take over. And it, the Bible says, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that me, we might receive the spirit of adoption of sons. That's us. That today you got born again, and suddenly kingdom reality came. Suddenly new creature realities came. Come on, did anybody come today or anybody watching this morning that would say, Pastor Pat, I've got some things I'd like to leave in my past. I'm telling you today, the spirit of adoption is in the house. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. It's it's more than just the fact the Holy Spirit lives in you. There's an attitude that comes with the idea of knowing that I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I'm redeemed. I'm uncursable. I thought you'd get more excited about that, but it's all right. I'm uncursable, and so the Bible says again, this is Galatians chapter number six, verse number seven, therefore, you are no longer slaves but sons, and if sons, then heirs of God through Christ, that you're an heir of God, that you've inherited something from the Father, and that today, you're allowed to walk free from the maladies that the curse brought onto the earth, that's the entire point of this is law can't do it for you, but grace has already done it. Mm. You didn't hear me. I said law couldn't get it done, but grace has already made it happen. Mm. Galatians 3.13 says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. The curse owned us, but today we've been bought out of the curse. We've been purchased into freedom into the glorious liberties of Jesus Christ. Let me put it this way. You're as blessable as the Jesus, the Son of God. I'm going to say it again. The shock value really works for me. You're as blessable as the Son of God. Hallelujah. Why? Because your righteousness, didn't. you didn't earn it. You can't do anything to get it. There's not a thing in the world you can add to what the blood of Jesus bought at Calvary. Not a thing. And so you're... (laughs) Prepare yourself. You're as right with God as Jesus. It's it's all right. I, I always upset religious people when I say that. You say, I can't think of myself as righteous. Well, can you think of Jesus as sin? What's harder for you to believe that the Son of God could be made sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him? What's harder for you to believe, for Him to become the sacrifice and become sin on a cross for you, or for you to be made the righteousness of God? I have an easier time believing you can do that than He can do that. I can tell you both are true. Today you're blessable. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them you're blessable. Whatever room you're sitting in right now, just tell them you're blessable. Say, I don't feel worthy. You're not. So get over that. You, God doesn't bless you because you're worthy, He blesses you because He was worthy. Come on, somebody. There's only one way for you to get blessed, and that's the curse. And Jesus uprooted the curse. He pulled the roots right out of the ground for you. Today, it's got no system by which it can feed curse into your life. Jesus pulled it up from the roots. Today, you are the blessed children of God, new creatures in Jesus Christ. All things have passed away, and all things become new. And listen, you might have thought before you got saved, you were slick. I just want you to know, I thought I was a total failure. I didn't have any trouble receiving good news because everything about me preached bad news. Depression and oppression and insecurity and junk and garbage in my life. I can tell you when I called upon the name of the Lord, baby, it was a life raft for me. I was drowning. Now, you might think you're super cool and don't need a Savior. I'm just telling you, I knew I did. I needed help. With a capital H I needed help exclamation point emoji 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 I needed some serious help now hmm. But Christ has redeemed me Whew. From the curse of the law And today I'm not cursed I'm blessed <laughs> Jesus, the perfect sacrifice for us, took my sin and your sin, and he pulled the curse up from the roots. Colossians chapter number two says it best, so I'll just preach it for you while I'm reading. And you being dead in your trespasses, see, that's where people don't get it. They think you're dead when you die and put in a box. I'm saying that you're dead because of sin. Alienation from the Bible standpoint, death comes because of separation from God because He is our life. And so, when sin separates us from God, death comes. You're alive and you're breathing, but you're dead in here. And so, When Jesus comes into your life, resurrection life, hits your spirit, you become a brand new person on the inside. Your soul's still catching up with what happens in here, but I'm here to tell you today, I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Preach its funeral and move along. Somebody said, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. No, I buried him. What about the lust-greed guy? Yeah, I buried him too. What about the insecurity? Yeah, it's dead. I put it in the grave. And I came out. A new creature in Christ. And old things have passed away and all things have become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us unto himself, not imputing our trespasses unto us, to wit God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, and today has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, and I pray that in Christ's stead be reconciled to God, for he was made to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. By the way, that's all 2 Corinthians 5. I just want you to know today that all of that's true, and it's all for you. Heirs of God. I don't know if I'm worthy. You're not. Get over that. Bury that and come alive and exist in the redemptive graces of God. I'm breathing in the grace of God. I'm living... Come on, somebody. I'm not a carnal idiot anymore. Thank God I'm a spiritual man. I'm an heir of God. I'm breathing in and out. I'm breathing in the graces of God. I'm breathing out the gospels and the victories. I'm passing along what I've already got on the inside. Somebody say, you sound like a religious fanatic. No, religious people don't say this at all. No, form of godliness, having, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. No, though, I wouldn't give you a time of day for that. If that's what you, you would try to hand me, I would have told you, keep it. I don't need it. I got more victory in my life than you do in yours. Just get out of the way. Hello? Hello? Come, come on, somebody. I'd rather smoke a joint than have that. Amen. Come on. But there is no high like the most high. Somebody give me a good amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you, he's a savior. He's a redeemer. Glory to God. I traded in the lesser for the greater. Mm, hallelujah. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him. Say it, together with him. He made you alive. When? One of these days, I'm going to experience the life of God. You're way late, 2,000 years late. Why? Because I was made alive together with him. Having forgiven you all your trespasses. How many? All your trespasses. having wiped out the handwriting and the requirements that were against us. That's the law, 613 of them. The Bible says that he, which were contrary to us, he has taken, not gonna take, has taken them out of the way, nailing them to his cross, having disarmed principalities, and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Whew. See the curse peddling demonic hordes were soundly defeated and embarrassed before God, and you need to remind the devil of that every day. Hallelujah. Revelations chapter number one, verse number eighteen. Jesus said. He said, I am he that is alive who was dead, but now I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of death and of Hades. Hallelujah. What's that mean? The devil didn't even have the keys to his own office. Hallelujah. Jesus took his keys. Somebody give me a good amen. Hallelujah. I just want you to understand today that everything that I'm declaring to you is absolutely true about you. Is true before you got to this service today, before you turned your computer on. Today, it was true. It was true before you got here. But if you believe the lie, you empower the liar. Mm. The devil says, no, I'm not defeated. I'm going to get you. I'm going to tell you, he's already been gotten. I said the devil has already been gotten. Today, he's been defeated. He's been made a public spectacle of. Today, everything that would afflict your life has no license to stay on you. Why? You're the sons and the daughters of God. You're heirs of God and joint heirs. Romans chapter number eight says you're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. That means you're as blessable as he is. Boy, you're talking about breaking the glass ceiling. There it is. You're allowed to take unbelief off of your life and believe and trust in the name of the Lord your God. Come on, I, I feel somebody's got a light coming on in your life. Everything about the freedom curriculum is about becoming a, uh, not only a new creature, but eating off of the tree of life. It's just dining upon the realities that you'll find every single day. There's life rejuvenating power in the tree of life. And God wants you to get this now. He wants you to live strong in the grace that's in Jesus Christ, not being entangled again with the yokes of bondage. I don't understand why people don't want to rejoice in this kind of good news. It's right there in your Bible. There's whole denominations that wouldn't preach this message. They would make excuses about God and say somehow or another it's God in charge of the curse today. I'm just telling you right now, yeah, he's in charge of the curse. He got rid of it for you. I'm not under the curse. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Come on. Look at the demonstrations of Jesus in the earth. Come on. He speaks to storms. He doesn't just endure them. He walks on water instead of drowned in it. He multiplies little boys' lunches because people are hungry. And so he looks at not enough and says it's enough and then multiplies it. And that's what God wants to do in your life today. Hallelujah. You say, well, Pastor Pat, you're talking awful big. Let me share one story with you and then maybe you can mix some faith with it. I went to the hospital one day. I was called. I'd just gotten in from out of town, and there was the music family who called me and said that the baby was born, but the baby was in big trouble. Lydia Grace is her name. Lydia Grace was in big trouble. She had disease on the inside of her. It was killing her, and besides that, she had situs inversus, which means the organs that are supposed to be on the left side are on the right side, etc. And so, can you come to the hospital and pray for her? The doctor said she won't live to Friday. And so I went out to the Air Force Base Hospital, and I went out there with the idea of praying for Lydia, because I always believe in the power of God. And I went out there, and as I walked up, she was the first cubicle right next to the nurse's desk in this neonatal intensive care unit at the base. And so I looked around, and as I walked into the place, every cubicle, every spot for an incubator had a baby in it. This is the NIC unit. This is not the regular nursery. And so I said to the nurse on the way in, I said, is it always this full in here? She said, she said Pastor, she said, it's not always this full, but we're experiencing a, a great deal of distress, burrs and so forth, and these babies are in big trouble. And so I went over to Lydia Grace, and I was getting ready to put my hands on her, and the nurse came over, and she said, you going to pray for that baby? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, can I pray and agree? I said, you a spirit-filled believer? She said, I am. I said, get your hands over here, sister. And so I reached into one side, and she ran, you know, holes in the thing. And we both reached in there and grabbed a hand and a foot, and we began to pray. I prayed a real simple prayer, but it was based upon the fact that Jesus Christ took the curse off and put the blessing on. And there's authority in the name of Jesus that the heirs of God can walk in. And so I, I just laid my hands upon her because the Word of God says believers lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And so I laid my hands on Lydia Grace Music, and I commanded the curse to get off of her in the name of Jesus. And then I asked Master, the Lord Jesus Christ, through the laying on of hands and that point of contact of faith, that everything Jesus paid for would become Lydia Grace in Jesus' name. I laid my hands upon her. I let it loose. That nurse and I said amen to one another across that, that incubator, and I began to walk out. Suddenly I began to think about all those other children, and I thought about those kids, and I thought to myself, well, you know, I wonder how many of these parents don't have faith in God at all, yet God loves every single one of these children. And so I stopped right in the middle of the neonatal intensive care unit. I still got all my gown on and all that kind of jazz. Uh, No mask, ironically enough. And I stood there in the middle of of that neonatal intensive care unit, and I said, Father, I don't know how many of these parents know how to trust you, but I know I do. And I thank you that every one of these precious kids are a gift from God. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the devil, and I thank you for healing each and every one of them. Come, Holy Spirit. I walked out and put the gown in the, in the basket and so forth, drove back to the office. I, was, I wasn't at the office another hour and a half, and all of a sudden I get this phone call from, from Sister Music. Lori is her name. And she said, Pastor Pat, Pastor Pat, was that you that came to the hospital? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, I was there about a little afternoon. She said, I'm sorry. I was down in the, in the lunchroom getting lunch. I was coming right back up. The doctor, after you'd left, he came, and he began to do his rounds with that nurse. And they looked at the, all the monitors on Lydia Grace's. Again, again, she's not supposed to live till Friday. Looked at all the monitors, and all of her vital signs are normal. And so we scooted her out, and we took x rays of her, we took scans of her, and so forth. And Pastor Pat, not only was her liver back down to her normal size, but the organs were in the right place. Come on, they downgraded her that afternoon to a regular room and then they just let her go. There wasn't any reason to keep her. She said, Pastor Pat, did you pray for any of the other children? I said, well, I prayed a prayer over all of them, why? She said, you won't believe what's going on. They're evacuating the NIC unit, every child is healed. They call Lydia Grace the miracle baby. Come on, the nurses. I'm not talking about preachers and Christians. I'm talking about the doctors. We're calling Lydia Grace the miracle baby. How big is possible for you? I'm asking you. I'm asking you. How big is possible for you? Is possible big enough to be able to watch God empty out a NIC unit? It's possible. Because the word of God says, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. With man, it may be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Today, I'm going to pray. And if you've got some area in your life, and we're going to be able to lay hands on folks and so forth, if you're just bold enough to want that. But I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to be here to get healed. Just under the power of the gospel, under the power of the declaration, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everybody who believes. Can God do a miracle for you? He's already done one. His name is Jesus. And when he got up, you got up. When he came alive, you came alive. Today, the greatest miracle of all is for somebody to say yes to Jesus. The greatest miracle of all is to say yes to Jesus. It's to go from sin to salvation. It's to go from having your own ideas about it to making Him the Lord of who you are. Begin to draw in His Word and begin to draw in the life of God that is available to anybody who will call upon His name. There's just some either because of religious training and unbelief or some just because of flat, I don't believe the gospel alienate themselves from the best thing that could happen in their lives Jesus didn't want to make you religious he wants to make you live he wants to make you alive in him when I say religious I mean just dead philosophies over a dusty old book and traditions made of men embalmed with unbelief today God wants to rescue us listen I I was supposed to just Preach about 15 minutes, and I shot that by about 15 minutes ago. But but there's something about the declaration of the gospel that impacts the lives of those who hear the gospel. And today it could be that God is ringing your bell on the inside of you, saying, "Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and there I will give you rest." And some of you need rest, man. You're worn out over all kinds of stuff. You ventured into bondage and lost confidence in God because of the snarky attitude of the world that's around you. I'm just here to tell you the gospel is still just as powerful as it was in the first century. It's still just as powerful today as it ever was. And under the sound of my voice, there's salvation power in what we said call upon his name today and you'll be saved. And so if you're in the room today or you're watching online today, And you say, Pastor Pet, I've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Or you say, Pastor, I need to run back to God in my life, repent for a few things in my life and get free. Well, today, friend, freedom feels so good. Today, let him set you free. Those of you who know that you need Jesus Christ, there's a time for public confession. We're not going to call you forward today. But if you need Jesus to be the Lord of your life, and today if you don't have him, you do need him. Today can be that day for you. He'll do the same thing in you that he did for me. He'll uproot the bondage in your life and he'll make you a brand new person from the inside out. And then discovery begins about all that God has done. There's so much to discover about what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. And today, you can let him start. Let the process begin. Today, you can enter into this life of God by calling upon the name that's above every name. God has highly exalted him and Philippians says given him in the name that's above all names today if you'll call upon his name Romans says you'll be saved I want everybody in the room those of you online with me today if you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life pray this with me right now dear God in heaven I come in the name of Jesus I ask you to save me today I believe in you thank you for believing in me I give you my life and with all my heart I say yes to you thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. Forgive my sins. Make me brand new, and I receive your gift in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand, clap up, praise. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at LWC Dayton and on Facebook at Living Word Dayton.